Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Fighters Fury here on 7-9 to the ticket. Crazy night last night. I mean, my head was on a swivel. Had it ended up with like five screens up yesterday. I had um I had Heat, Canes, uh, Marlins were off to the side because they started pretty early. So I felt pretty good about where that was. I was, you know, peeking over, making sure they weren't blowing it. And then I had uh, UFC on one screen and uh, Showtime Boxing on the other. It was good to have Showtime back up and running. Um, and we'll get into that main event in a little bit, but I do want to start off with the UFC as this was a really good card. This was a card that, you know, especially the main card looking into it, they, it was it was pretty stacked. A lot of big talent, a lot of big names, a lot of big potential. And, uh, and, and guys, you want to see if they could uh, get right, get going. And I thought we, we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of the talent that... You wanted to see showcased came through in a big way. And so, you know, let's dive a little bit into it. We'll start off with the main event because that's where all the story was with this. And, you know, Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. It was not the most entertaining fight in the world, but it did start turning, uh, I think, the way a lot of people thought it was going to, which was Colby pouring it on and uh, and Tyron just really not having an answer for Colby. Uh, it was a weird ending where, you know, it was like a rib injury. He looked like he was going for a guillotine or something like that. And then all of a sudden uh, something happened where he had a rib injury, stopped fighting. And, and so Colby ends up getting the TKO in the fifth round. Um, and so this puts Colby in, in prime position again, to be up and, and fighting for the title uh, as he, as he awaits what goes on with the, uh, with the welterweight championship between Gilbert Burns and, and Kamaru Usman. We'll see what happens there. But uh, ultimately, I, I do think that there, it, you know, it was a bit of a dud main event. Um, that's not to take anything away from Colby's performance. I think that you know he still did what he had to do and and did what he probably should have done for somebody at the point of where Tyron is, is Tyron is in, in his career and where Colby is in his career. Um, but look, Colby's a good fighter. I, I think that always gets lost in the uh, in the BS. You know, a lot of people don't like his gimmick. I get it. Um, with uh, with the climate that we're in, um, you know, I think it almost even takes away in some ways how good he is actually is in the cage. But I do think that it has definitely got him more noticed, you know, ever since he started going down this path. You know, uh, there was a there was a big shift in his career too, where he's going to MMA Masters, and you know, we've been talking a lot about them on this show as. You know, as you know, all the South Florida gyms, most of the time, the headlines go to ATT and they go to Hard Knocks 365, Black Zillions, whatever that conglomerate has been, you know, as they've, they've shifted a lot of names, but everybody kind of knows that core group. And, you know, it's it's splintered out a little bit, but MMA Masters has been there for a long time and they're starting to really get a shine on the national stage. And they take somebody like Colby, who has you know who has been kind of a, a an original from att he's been there since a young kid but there was a lot of drama high profile just didn't end right and the thing that att uh that's a little bit different from mma masters is att is almost like a it's it, it it's almost like a superstar gym like it's not that there aren't local ties but it's becoming the place where a lot of pros are flocking to to go towards to get the good training and stuff like that and you know mma masters is is brewing a, a lot of young talent from down here um and so i'm sure that was a, a lot less stress-free for him uh being in that kind of a lead up to the fight um they'll definitely you know come out of this hoping that you know still thinking the same way that i wish we would have gotten 
it a little bit earlier just because I don't know what to make of Tyron Woodley's career right now and where it stands. You know, I think that there's a couple of guys. I know that Dana mentioned that he's got to have a conversation with Donald Cerrone and that's fine. But I think that we really got to have a conversation about where Tyron, Tyron Woodley stands. And it's not, you know, I understand that he's been in there and that he has been uh, taking on the best of the best for a long time now. You know, he's probably not losing to the caliber of guys that Donald is, even though Donald's taking on a lot of top guys too, that you think about it. But it just doesn't even look like Tyron's competitive at all in these fights. Like there's not a there's not a willingness to pull the trigger. He's got that 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 unbelievably uh, nuclear bomb in his hand, and we just don't see him pull the trigger on it very much. Um, it seemed like there was some kind of a pace strategy to to get through this, but you know, I think in a fight with with Colby Covington. You got to give him something to think about early on, and, and if you think you're gonna save yourself to be better later on, you're not, because he's probably gonna still have just as much in the gas tank late than he is early. Um, and I, I think that's got to be the case with these guys who are five round monsters. You go, you got to give them something that's gonna make them really, really question what they're doing in there. And I just, uh, you know, Tyron just hasn't delivered that, and. You know, there's really a feeling that he hasn't been competitive in any of these fights now, these last three fights since losing his championship to Kamaro. That wasn't a close fight. The Gilbert Burns fight, he wasn't even there. And this one, you know, more so, but it, it almost was like he was in there not to lose than he was to go beat Colby. And, uh, you know, the statistics were crazy. They put it up at the screen for that for that fourth round, which was... 113 strikes to two. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, and you just saw, like, he he was saving himself, but you were saving yourself for what? Because once you got into those later rounds, his output was getting even slower. And so I think from that standpoint, um, you know, for Woodley, I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here, you know, from being a champion to a big name who's a contender, but doesn't seem like he has any big fights in this division anymore doesn't seem like he is competitive in this division anymore uh and so what do you do if you're if you're tyrant do you i don't know what his deal is i don't know how many he's got left but i i imagine for him there has to be some thought of hey man we got to uh you know we got to go out there we got to we got to figure out a different plan here uh of what's of what's happening so it's wild uh Kobe ended up getting the win and he is uh you know he he did his thing where he's like oh Donald Trump's gonna win the uh the uh the election Donald Trump was actually talking to him on ESPN plus afterwards he was on the speakerphone uh he goes quote I'm your fan you're my fan two of a kind he said and uh Trump tells Kobe I'm very proud of you those are tweets from uh, Ariel Hawani you did have uh, Colby and Kamaro getting into it a little bit during the uh, during the post game. Oh I, yeah, I no, you. no, you didn't. I stood right up. That wasn't I even close. Your no, face. Marty, fake newsman. You're, you're I full, broke. You didn't break your my face. face. I got right up and protested Look it right away. Me. That was a Look fake stoppage, fake I rap, broke fake fight. Wait till face. I see you next time. Wait till I see you next time, Marty, fake newsman. You're dead. You're dead. Am we I? got unfinished business. Really? You better show up. 
Really? I'm coming for you. You said that last time. What happened? Yeah, wait till this time. You, you know who was winning face. big stuff, bitch. You didn't break I nothing. Broke the only thing you broke face. is your own will. You broke your spirit. That's why you're running for me. Did? That's why you hiding. You ain't nowhere to run, nowhere to hide now. Wait till I see you next time. You didn't finish Tyrone Woodley like I did. You're dead. You're on borrowed time. Who's hey, I'm not worried about Tyrone shining. Woodley. You're worried about me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at you. No one to look at your hairline. Look at you. Look at you. The ugliest dude in the history of the UFC. That hairline's halfway up your face. Stop doing steroids. Stop. You didn't break nothing. The your only face. thing you broke is your will. You broke your will. You ain't Wow, I beat you. you. Dude, what are you doing? St foot stomps? You're the, you're the boringest champ in the history of this, this company, but I man. I broke your face. You didn't break anything. Who do you want to see them fight next? I know that's been the category. What do we do with Colby? Um, you know, what happens uh, What happens with him next? Uh, I Look, I think that it should probably go like this. Uh, in all honesty, um, I think that the next fight should, should really be Masvidal. And I don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, I know Masvidal is into this super fight thing and, you know, the, the, the way it's waving is towards uh, Nate Diaz and all that type of stuff. And I don't know also that they want to put themselves in a position to be maybe in a wrestling matchup where, you know, he could get out pointed and maybe take away his mantle of being a contender. But um, if we're going to talk about what fight I would really like to see, I still want to see all that drama unfold. There's a big storyline there. Um, this is kind of going to be up to Colby, too. I, I really do feel like, look, it, he was number one contender. He went and beat the former champ. That was good enough to get a title fight for the last guy. It should be good enough for, to, for, for him to go get a title shot. But if they don't believe that, if they believe he's still got to go get some damage done, then, yeah, I got to feel like the obvious fight is him versus Jorge. And if you want to tell me what's a bigger fight, Masvidal versus Nate, Nate Diaz again, or him versus Colby, I got to go him versus Colby. I'm sorry. It just, it's a bigger fight. It's a bigger deal. Um, there's bad blood there. There's a past there. There's a lot of stuff. The, the Nate Diaz fight was organically awesome. I love the BMF stuff. It was a, it was a fight. That the fans immediately wanted to see two dudes throw down. Um, and stylistically is probably going to be a better fight than these two squaring off. But ultimately, if we're going to be talking about the contenders and who deserves title fights, um, you know, all Jorge really has going for him right now is that, you know, he went the distance with Camaro and he went with, went the distance, um, uh, went the distance with him on a week's notice. Um, so if he goes to beat a Diaz, can he fight right in there? Sure. And if you're Kamara, who do you want to fight? You probably want to fight Masvidal. He's the biggest name in the division. So he has that going for him. Uh, on the other side of it, look, if we're going to be doing a thing here of, of who is more deserving, if we have a talented welterweight division and who gets the chance to, to fight for the belt, um, then Colby's got to go. Then Colby's got to go and fight. You know, then, then Colby has to be in the mix for fighting some of these top contenders. Um, and I know, again, you know, people are going to get pissed because, you know, Leon Edwards is kind of out of the mix here, but that's what happens when you don't fight. Like, you know, there's no, there's no bad blood. There's nothing there for anybody to really glam onto when it comes to, to Leon Edwards. So, you know, Masvidal, if we're going to do this thing, and you know I love him. He's hometown uh, and all that type of stuff. But if we're going to do this thing of, of he is going to be a title contender, there's two contenders there uh, at the top of the division. He's the big name that carries them. And we want to see him fight for the belt. I, I really feel like one of those two guys should have to match up with Jorge. And I feel like bigger name winning out 
Uh, it should be Colby. Probably stylistically, Leon is a better fight for Jorge, I, I would think, especially the way he doesn't want to get like out pointed or any of that type of stuff. So there's that that's going for him. And then Kamara taking on Gilbert Burns. You know, I guess we'll figure out what happens with Gilbert uh, on the other side of that as well. You know, does it then become, does does Colby await the loser and then fight Gilbert? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like if you're Colby, you probably want to get into a matchup around when the welterweight title is to get you, boom, online to fight Kamaro again. Because those guys do have heat. It was a really great first fight, and I would like to see it again. There's no doubt about that. Um, has he done enough to solidify that? He certainly has. But again, if all these guys are going to avoid each other, it almost becomes, well, who's going to be the fresher guy in everybody's mind to get that title shot? And if George does go out and he does beat a Diaz brother, whichever one it may be, um, I think a lot of people are then going to go say, well, I just saw George fight. I want to see him fight for the belt with a full camp. So if I was Colby, I would be pushing everything I can to make the, the Masvidal fight happen. That's the way I would go. Make the Masvidal fight happen in any way you can. And that's the way... I think you take out the biggest name. You're going to get a huge payday. Um, the only thing I guess that's weird is you have those two guys. What are they fighting for? They're not really fighting for a belt. But F it. Grudge match, dude. Make some other belt. Make it, you know, the South Florida King belt or something like that. Whatever. Um, put the BMF title on the line if you want to. Who knows? But I just feel like that's a pay-per-view fight. It doesn't have to exactly. It's. You know, the, the the you know, if you want, you know, put a title fight on that to make that, you know, make it the co the title fight, the co main event, have those guys fight. Uh, because they're a main event fight. And then uh, that's five round fight. Although if you uh if you're Jorge, maybe I think it's almost it would almost behoove you to have that be a three rounder rather than a five rounder, because you could kind of just empty the gas tank as much as possible to try and, and, and finish Colby more so than a five-round fight where Colby can go tick on rounds as much as possible. So if they were to fight, three-round fight wouldn't be a bad strategy for, for Jorge. Just, you know, with the new contract being what it was, they want him to be a main event fighter and all that type of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air for this division um, going into the future and going into the fall here of what's going to be the fallout of Camaro. Uh, versus Gilbert. Gilbert can win that fight too. What if Gilbert wins? Then does Kamara get an immediate rematch? How does that go as well? You know, there's the, the we always forget that perfect part of the plan as well. We're all just doing this assuming that Usman comes out on top against Gilbert Burns. He may very well lose. Um, and so if that's the case, then we have another uh, we have another thing thrown into the whole pile. So we'll take a quick break here. We'll get into more of what went down in the card. Future of a couple of legends, Tyron and De- Don Cerrone. I'll tell you what I think both of those guys should do. And then uh, we'll hop into uh, some big news this week regarding a free agent signing for the UFC. And we got to get into the main event that was Lubin versus Gaucher in Showtime Boxing. We'll get into that as well. Back after this. All right. Welcome back, guys. It's Fudders Fury here on 790 The Ticket. We roll on this night as we will get a little bit more into the card that was UFC Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. Still also have to get into next week's pay-per-view as well, but um, I'll do quickly Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. Uh, I think that um, disappointing that, uh, you know, we had the eye pokes there. It did cost Nico. Nico, weirdly, it was, uh, 
you know, cheering afterwards that it was a draw, you know, obviously a lot of love between the two guys. Um, when you, with Donald first draw in his career, crazy enough as that is, um, it looked really bad in the first round. Looked like he was, uh, he was on his way to getting finished early. Um, did show the guts did, uh, did come back a little bit against Nico, but probably lost the fight. Uh, probably lost the fight. Uh, if it wasn't for the eye poke, he definitely would have lost the fight. So, you know, there, you know, I know Dana said afterwards, we got to have a little bit of a talk about what's left for, for, for Cowboy at this point. I don't know. I mean, the guy is a solidified certified hall of famer. I don't know if broadcasting is in his career. He's never been a guy who, uh, he's been a guy that the media loves to talk to, but he's not a guy that's ever really been, um, you know, he's never been a guy who's really had the gift, gift of gab. Like he's just an all around, uh, silent killer badass. Um, I don't know where his finances are at this point, as far as where, where, or when he fights. Um, and also, you know, a move like that for like, let's say if Cowboy were to go make a move to Bellator, is that one where like Cowboy is one of these guys where I don't know, does that like, does that do a huge number for Bellator? You know, I think maybe the first one will, but I think they've learned with Chael, like, you know, it eventually kind of runs out if they're not winning and he doesn't, he, he, he's been taking the best of the best on, uh, up into the McGregor fight, took a little bit of a step back with taking on Anthony Pettis, even though realizing how good Anthony Pettis is and now Nico Price, you know, his, his career has been a big way, you know, they're the Marlins and say like riding the wave, like that's their, their thing. Like, you know, you go, you go check out his, uh, his Wikipedia. It's like green and red, green and red, green and red. Like it just goes up and down. Look, the dude's a monster. He's, he's been in there with the best of them. He's, uh, he's had some crazy good runs. Well, it's a weight lightweight doing it whenever wherever anybody would ask but i do feel like with his age being what it is with him being you know 37 years old and being on this cold streak that he's on it feels like we're for real the closest to the end with don Cerrone than we ever have been um and i just i don't know what matchup gets him right i don't know it, it, what 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 really engages him um if it doesn't mean playing at the top because it doesn't feel that's like the same thing with tyron it's like well what you know yes these guys still got to fight for their careers and i know tyron you know recently came out the whole thing where uh you know his finances weren't in the best place and and so he still has to fight for a living and you know tyron woodley's people are still going to tune in if tyron woodley's on the card for sure but you've also been at the top of the mountaintop like all right so you're going to be the guy where uh, people are out there beating Tyron Woodley just to say they beat Tyron Woodley. Is that what it's going to be? I don't know. Um, there are these guys that hang on, Arlovsky, where they hold on forever. And, you know, maybe they'll get a win every now and then. Maybe they'll have a three-fight win streak sometime in, in their 40s, and you'll be like, oh, maybe they're back. Um, but it does feel like it, – it felt like today for both of them that the glory days are behind them. Um, so – Fighting is a weird thing, man. I never like to tell fighters to retire because it's just them and they can only make that decision. I think that we all get a little bit bashful with, uh, you know, seeing what these guys should do at the end of their career. Like they're grown men. They can go decide when they want to stop getting punched and kicked in the face for a living. But, uh, as a guy who likes the sport and, 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 uh, you know, follows it. I don't think we're ever going to see those guys back at the top again. I don't think we're ever going to see Tyron Woodley be a contender or a champion again. I don't think we're ever going to see 
Cowboy Cerrone get on one of those hot streaks again. Uh, maybe every now and then he'll pull out a surprise. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't think we've. I don't think. I don't think we're gonna see Cowboy be an elite fighter again. I don't think we're gonna see Tyron Woodley be an elite fighter again. It just doesn't. It just feels so far away. That's those are the performances we're getting from them. It's not like they're in these fights and one thing goes wrong and you know it doesn't feel like they're in these. It doesn't feel like uh, you know it's a matter of a weight issue or any of that type of stuff. I think they always try and do that stuff as window dressing. You know, maybe Cowboy they'll do that one more time. And be like Cowboy, why don't you fight at lightweight again? And and this will be the one. It's like nah, all right, we've been down that road. And with Woodley, you know, he's so short, like. What do you fight him at middleweight? Like, I, you know, does he go and fight? Uh, you know, does, does do they pull out? Like, if if after this fight with uh, Adesanya, if he goes and wins next week, you know, fight, you know, Woodley for the championship or something like that. I don't know. Like, it doesn't just doesn't feel like uh, that would go well for him either. It feels like that's going to end up with him getting hurt. So that was one theme. On the one end, you had all these. The, the two old heads, it felt like we've hit the end of the road with them. Whether that means retirement, I don't know. But what I do think it means is them being uh, them mattering in any contender or championship picture is done for the time being and probably just done. But on the other end, we did get to see a lot of great youth. We got to see a lot of great talent. Kamzeh uh, Shermayev the 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 knockout that he had on Gerald Merchart was awesome. I mean, because I love when there's a lot of pressure on a top prospect to perform and that they blow that they blow out of the water what you think that performance could even be. You know, like uh Sugar Sean O'Malley did this, not this past fight where he lost to uh, Cheeto Vera, but the fight before that where Sean O'Malley just gets the crazy one-punch knock and just like, wow. Everybody was looking at this guy to do something special, and he probably even topped what we thought he could do. Same thing with Connor, where when Connor was on the rise of featherweight, we're all sitting here and just being like, all right, how much better could it get? And when he knocks out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, you're just like, wow. That's what makes you like it – go, it goes from you being acute uh, – not even – goes from you being a star to almost like legendary status so Chimaev doesn't get that because this isn't a championship stage but when you go into these fights thinking all right this dude's doing the smash thing he's doing uh you know maybe he's the second coming of Habib who knows middleweight Habib we'll see what he's gonna do and then he goes in there against uh Mershart and just starches him with a monster perfect right hand one punch KO in 17 seconds you're just like oh my god all right, he's now nine and zero. Looks like we got ourselves like a, a legitimate star on our hands, and you know they could just keep riding this wave because middleweight has been one. Both, you know, you think about where the title picture is, and this can uh, bring us almost into what we got coming up next week. Is that you know Adesanya's rise was very very meteoric. It almost was like you know a year and a half, and he's up into the title picture. Paulo Costa hasn't been around that long, and he he kind of broke into the scene and made himself a big deal right away. And, and Shermayev, it feels like the same thing. Like he is skyrocketing to the top of, of the division uh, very, very fast, 26 years old. And it, it's just been awesome. You know, he dominated fight Island, 
Now he gets this opportunity in Las Vegas and just phew, unbelievable. Knocked, uh, you know, huge knockout, but just knocked the performance out of the park. Wasn't as charismatic on the mic this time around, like, which, you know, I saw he did like the, the, uh, the Dana, uh, the, the Connor line 50 G's baby. You know, if I can superstar criticize comes at, at all, and this is tough because I know he's not talking in his first language, but he's a little bit, uh, he's a little bit of a gimmick stealer with, uh, the first time he was doing a Habib smash. Now he's taking Connor's lines. So, you know, maybe that'll be his gimmick, just stealing people's lines. I don't know. But, uh, as far as in the cage, unbelievable. Johnny Walker, uh, also great to see him, uh, come back because he was, I think Johnny Walker is probably where Chimaev was a couple of years ago where we were like watching this guy and he was just doing unbelievable stuff. Every time he stepped into the cage, you're just like, what's this guy's performance going to be? And he even tops it. Uh, he impregnates your television when he dances to the cage and, you know, he had that terrible shoulder injury that he got from celebrating uh, a couple bad losses in a row. And now he uh, is able to get that win over Ryan Spence tonight. Much needed for him. A lot of pressure on him going into this matchup, and he really shined. And and Mackenzie Dern, too. Mackenzie Dern also was, was great tonight. She went out, and uh, what she was doing to Random Marcos's arm was was unholy. I mean, just great jujitsu from Mackenzie. She looked absolutely great. She now has a couple of wins in a row, um, which is great. You know, she has her one loss against Amanda Ribas, who's no slouch at all. Uh, so there's not a lot of shame in having that one in uh, on, on your record, but... You know, Mackenzie, uh, she looks in fantastic shape, too. She looks like she's really she's really uh, shored things up from that end. So big performances from the youth tonight. One of the only thing I'm really disappointed is we didn't get to see our boy locally, Miguel Baeza. Uh, his fight got scratched. You know, he was supposed to fight Mickey Gall. Then they put in a late replacement. Then something happened. I'm a little foggy on the details. I'll try and find that out for peeps. I saw... Uh, I saw some like Twitter reports that it might have been COVID related. I don't know. I don't want to. That's as, even as much as I already want to speculate on it. So hopefully uh, everything's cool there and we get to see Miguel back in the cage uh, as soon as possible. But um, yeah, just a really great night for the youth of the sport. I thought it was uh, it was great to see all those. I, those are always my favorite nights where um, you get you you just you have you feel good about the future of the sport just because there's just so much talent coming up. I love these types of nights where the young guys are great and it feels like we can you know the 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 the, the wheel keeps moving and you can't wait to see the next time they're in the cage to see him fight again. So that's what uh that's what I took away from tonight. On the other end, because I want to get to a little bit of the uh, the matchups for uh, the middleweight championship next week, but. Uh, speaking of young talent, we had some boxing last night. You had Erickson Lubin on the main event against uh, Terrell Gaucher. And winner was going to set themselves up for a WBC title shot. Um, you know, the criticisms of the fight. Okay, neither one of these guys have fought for a while. So took them a little while, it felt like, to settle in into an actual fight. Uh, a lot of it, it almost felt like you were watching a glorified sparring match. It was super quiet. Uh, you know, so it took about to like round seven or eight for these guys to even get cooking. But in the midst of that, Erickson Lubin was winning the fight. Um, I like, I'm a big fan of Erickson Lubin. You know, he trains here in, in West Palm. He, uh, Kevin Cunningham's gym, uh, used to train in Orlando. There's a couple things that also bother me about Erickson's career. Um, nothing that's his fault. It's just the, the sport in general. 
I hate the fact that you have a bad you have a bad night in boxing, and they almost they they banish you almost to the shadowlands, like you never are to be seen or heard from again. Like they're still here talking about his Jamel Charlo knockout loss in the first round it happened three years ago. You know, like you look tonight and you see Johnny Walker, right? Johnny Walker lost to Corey Anderson, and this was you know a couple of years ago where. He loses to uh, a guy who's a basically a title contender. He loses to him a year ago, but he gets a, you know, and then he loses his next fight, but then he's right back into it. And we can just forget about the Corey Anderson loss. It's okay. You know, like he can just move on with his career. He's 28 years old, and, you know, Johnny Walker can start thinking about going back again towards the title. But you think a guy like Erickson Lubin, right? And flash upon flash, you know, doing the splits, the pop-up knockouts, Jack and Sledge, great gimmick. Uh... A, 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 a sensational offensive boxer. And there's a couple of things. One, they make it feel like you take this big risk at 21 years old and you get knocked out. And then they change your entire style to where you're not the flash and dash that you were early on in your career. And this isn't a knock at Kevin Cunningham. It's what they do with a lot of boxers where they think because you got knocked out, you have to fight to not get knocked out for the rest of your career. And when I watch Erickson, uh, you see these, these flashes in there of offense where you're just like, wow, this guy's something special. But you know, he just not, he's not unleashing the beast as much as he could be because he doesn't want to be over, uh, you know, over aggressive because he doesn't want to get caught. But the thing is, is, he's not that good a defensive fighter. You know, like he's not not getting hit by Gaucher. And so in a fight where neither one of you are that good a defense, the guy with the better offense should go dominate. And I thought that whenever he really cooked it up and turned up the pressure, I thought he clearly looked like the more talented puncher. But when he was leaning back a little bit, when he was trying to not get over exuberant in, in, uh, in these exchanges, you know, Gaucher had had some moments of success. He even hurt him at one point where it looked bad. And so that'll lead you to believe, yeah, see, this guy's not for real, but it's fighting, man. And and I think that, you know, he's going to be something to be feared and something that's going to get him the championship is going to be a guy who goes in there and is going to make people uh, second guess what they want to do. And I just, I, I always hate that. I hate it when a guy loses in boxing. We try to completely take away what makes them great, especially when it happened at 21 years old. Um, so that's the only thing. You know, I watched it last night on Showtime, and uh, I'm a fan of him. I got to talk to him right before that loss, I remember. And uh, I've been trying to get him on the show. I haven't been able to have any success getting uh, Eric Lubin or Kevin Cunningham on the show. It's like, come on, guys, you live down the road. Be friendly neighbors. Um, but either way, uh, that was the only thing I was disappointed in. It was just like, I feel like watched I watched Erickson Lubin go in there and I thought he was definitely the more talented fighter than Gaucher, but it felt like they 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 really kept it honed in. They weren't letting him loose. Or maybe he wasn't let loose. I don't know. I don't know who to put that on. So that was my big takeaway from yesterday. We'll come back, we'll get to a little bit of UFC two fifty three, which is coming up next week. Israel Adesanya. We're back to Fight Island. He is going to be taking on Paulo Costa for the middleweight championship of the world. Big fight coming up. And so we'll get to that next. 
Welcome back, everybody. It's Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as we'll get into a little bit of next week. Uh, we got UFC 253 from Fight Island, uh, which is headlined by a couple of um, by a couple of title fights. We got Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa for the 185 strap. Israel Adesanya, his, uh, his last one came against... Yoel Romero winning a unanimous decision, as did Paulo Costa beating Yoel Romero. These guys are both undefeated. You have uh, Israel is nineteen and zero. Paula is is uh, nineteen as uh, thirteen and zero. Uh, and you know, look, this is going to be an interesting matchup for sure. You got a guy in Costa who I think could definitely bring some aggression that will make it fun against Izzy. Um, it's uh, it's one of those where. Uh, I got a tough time picking one for sure. I do think that Izzy, the one thing that you got to say about him that is got to make you feel good if you're an, is if you're a style bender fan is that you know the guy has been in there now. He's got the experience of being in big fights. It feels like the spotlight's been on him a little bit longer, and so he's going to have this entire week. He's been wanting this fight. These guys have been a little bit bitter towards each other, so it's a fun matchup for sure. Um, and then you you also look at the, uh, the 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 type of fight that Paula had against Yoel, and it felt like you know maybe he was waning a little bit, and that he was having some some tough times hitting Yoel as clean as he'd want to. And I think that some of those issues of not hitting a guy who's definitely not as elusive as as Stylebender, um, I would like to see what that speed is like up against each other. I, I don't know if I have a great gauge of that, although you'd think that. Izzy's definitely probably the faster guy, the more elusive guy. The guy who's bringing more tools to the toolbox in this matchup. Um, you know, it's sometimes tough to tell until they're actually in their uh, mano a mano. So this is an interesting one, man. If 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 Izzy gets this, uh, it, it it really puts him in a position where what's left in the division for him because you know he would have taken out a lot of the boogeymen in the in the middleweight division. With uh, probably like Jared Cannonier is like the next big task at hand. I know him and Darren Till have kind of circled the wagon on each other. There are some fun matchups with Izzy, uh, which is good. As, as a guy who is flashiest champion, um, is, is a guy that isn't boring in the cage. I think a lot of people look at him and say, well, what could really be the, the key to the puzzle to finishing him? And he has taken on a lot of different styles. I think that's been the thing that's been fun about his career is he's not a guy who's afraid to take on different types of fighters. He made mincemeat to win the belt out of Robert Whitaker, which was really impressive. Uh, the Kelvin Gaston fight was one of the best fights you'll see. Uh, his Derek Brunson fight was super impressive. The old Romero fight back and forth. Um, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, just did enough to, to keep Yoel at bay. Um, but Yoel's a beast, man. I mean, Yoel's a beast. And I thought that, that Yoel versus Paolo, I thought that Yoel lost that fight for sure. But it was a lot closer than you thought. So both of these guys have had uh, close fights with uh, with the soldier of God. Um, you know, you wonder if, if, if I guess this one you're you're probably wondering is you know can Costa get him up against the cage? Can there be any of those times where he's cornering Izzy? You know, does it make that distance a factor where Adesanya can do some crazy stuff? Can really snipe him from a distance? Uh, and if he can if he can corner him at any points, can he unload that power and be vicious enough? Uh, to put him away, 
you know, because that's that's been where he's had a success is like he gets into these modes where he carouses opponents, puts them in bad spots, and then just finishes them off and does it, you know, rather quickly. He's not been a guy that's kept a lot of opponents in there for a very long time. Um, certainly, you feel like if the fight goes longer, that probably benefits Style Bender. That it's gonna be that's gonna be a better night for him uh, than if it, if it, and if it goes quick. Like if, it feels like if if Costa is gonna win this, he's got to win it within two rounds. If he doesn't. It feels like it could be uh, if it, it could be a long night at the, in the cage for him. Now, the thing that is going to be interesting about this is, you know, what is that going to mean for for Izzy as far as the first couple rounds are concerned? Is he going to be conserving himself? Is he still going to? Is he going to try and you know give Paolo a lot of stuff to, to to go forth? Because I think the thing that helps with that is you not only want to have a guy who's going to try and take you out in the first couple rounds, but you want to do it in a, in a matter where you're also having him burn himself out a little bit. And uh, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing going into this matchup. So I'm going to go with uh, with Stylebender to win this fight. I'm thinking like I'm going to go with like a fourth-round stoppage. I feel like I think Izzy's going to find something in there, going to find some holes on Costa. If Costa gets him quick, though, um, that's going to be something for him. I think that would be fun. I think I think that uh, you know maybe this could be a rivalry that goes forward. These guys, I think, are going to have a fun fight week two. Uh, leading up to the promotion of this fight and all that goes into it, so looking forward to it for sure. But I feel like Izzy's going to end up out on top. I, uh, I, 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 I do like the way that he uh, he's got a little bit more of a toolbox going into this one. Um, as far as the other v- event in this uh, in this lovely matchup is concerned, we have the vacant light heavyweight championship with Dominic Reyes taking on Jan Blachowicz and. John Jones is uh, no longer in the 205 division, which is super weird. He is uh, he is off, you know, doing whatever the hell he's doing until he gets the itch to go to heavyweight. Um, I think the thing that's cool about Dominic, this is the one thing that I think is going to be good for him if he comes out on top of this. With uh, with with Dominic, if he gets the title against, uh, if he if he wins this week, I don't feel like there's going to be this. Um, I don't I think it's going to be very similar to when Johnny Hendricks won the welterweight championship the first time around where it wasn't this feeling of oh George is gone. Nah, welterweight actually had a really really good run. You had Johnny Hendricks, Robbie Lawler have their back and forth for the belt. Robbie Lawler was a hell of a champ and then Robbie Lawler lost to Tyron and look, the welterweight division has kind of cranked on pretty great since GSP left. Um it it hasn't had this void and you think back to that first Johnny Hen- that that Johnny Hendricks GSP fight. And a lot of people thought that Johnny Hendricks got the best of GSP that night. And GSP walked away. He left out on top, you know. And you know, some people were bitter about him for it. You know, you leave. You know, it'd be better if he left with uh, a guy having uh, haven't beat him. But it almost it almost ended up being the best of both worlds because you have this situation where, um. You have the situation where Johnny was able to take the rub from that fight and become something that was uh, was still revered as a champion, and so I think Dominic is in this spot right now where he's got that same opportunity. You know, he went toe to toe with John Jones. A lot of people thought that he won that fight, and so if he beats Jan, he may have this opportunity to carry light heavyweight in a post John Jones world, which. 
never has really happened with the UFC since John's been running the show. Even when DC was the guy, nobody gave DC credit because everybody saw DC lose to John. And so I think that this is a great opportunity for 205 to go into this new era. I don't know if it'll be the same. We're never going to see anybody have a reign of terror like John had over the light heavyweight division. The guy is maybe the best to ever do it. But I think that it's helpful that we're in this spot where if 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 Dominic gets this win, if he's able to beat Jan Blachowicz, um, then it's going to be okay. If he loses, if Jan ends up winning one, I think it's tough because you know you kind of have this this anonymous dude as champion, even though he's a badass. You know he's he's been around for a long time, and you know he's thirty seven years old. It, it, it's it's okay. I mean, it's like I don't I don't want to take away anything from from Jan if he goes and wins the title. You know he's beaten, uh, he's been on a nice run with uh, with beating you know Luke Rockhold and Corey Anderson and Jacare. So he's been on a good run, but he's thirty seven years old. You would like the the championship it, ideally, and I God, you would like it to go to a young individual. 30 years old, right into the prime of his career, and just went toe-to-toe with John Jones in a decision. A lot of people thought he got effed. They thought he got screwed. So I think that is the real hope here. If you're the UFC brass, I know that they never like to put it, you know, say they're favoring anybody, but how do you not favor Dominic Reyes going into this? I think he gets it done. I think he is gonna, I think, I think that he is uh got a lot in mind as far as what it would mean for him to be champion. And I think if he is champion, I do think that it, it'll usher in a, a good spot for, for light heavyweight. It won't have to be this, you know, this, this black cloud of, Oh, we're never, it's never going to be anything without John Jones. Nah. I mean, if he ends up being the, being the champion, he's a great champion to be at two Oh five because he went toe to toe with John Jones. And only it, only a judge's decision was the, uh, the factor and whether or not he was the best to do it. A very, very razor thin one. To, to beat the uh, to beat the best that ever did it. So I, I hope that's the case. That's what I'm coming into this week. You know, if Jan wins, cool. But it, the, the ideal world, the baton, the the war, the UFC world, I think even, you know, the fans would like to see Dominic Reyes kind of get his, he almost is the uncrowned king. You know, like, all right, man, you did all this, com- you know, you did all this uh, complaining, rightful complaining, but complaining that, you should have gotten the rub. Here it is. You know, you're taking on a guy who's, you know, almost, you know, a lot older than you. You know, you you feel like he got the the more well-rounded skill set. Go in there and take it. And if he's champ, I almost feel like we have a Johnny Hendricks type passing of the baton where, you know, we have uh we have a we have a different champion, but we got a champion that at least is in a spot where, okay, it's fine now. We have we have a guy who went toe-to-toe with the best to do it from my standpoint. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up going there. That We got that coming up next week. Uh, other big news that happened this week before we get out of here is uh, Michael Chandler officially signed to the UFC. And uh, footnote is apparently the fill-in if Khabib or Justin Gaethje can't go in the main event. So not only does he get to fight, but he gets to possibly fight right away for the championship. And I got to say, Chandler's got some tools to be Khabib. So I'd like to see that. Um, there's a, I mean, I'm so glad he's in the UFC. There, there's not a free agent 
Or there's not a guy that's been out of the UFC that I think I've wanted to see more in the UFC than Michael Chandler, especially seeing the success that Eddie Alvarez had in the UFC. Um, you know, I'm a, Michael Chandler is one of those guys like Bellator. I could take or leave Bellator a lot of nights, but if Michael Chandler is fighting, I'm going to watch. And he isn't one of the old guys who's been there and was like, oh, they signed Fedor. They signed Chael. They signed Chicago. They, they, no, like Michael Chandler is like the, been the face of Bellator and for a lot of eras of Bellator and has been in some of their best fights. And so I'm happy that he's going to get this this stage here in the UFC to go perform. It's a little bit weird that he's uh, the backup fighter. So hopefully he gets a nice trip to Abu Dhabi and, you know, maybe some crazy opportunity will come his way. You know, maybe Gaethje will get COVID or something like that. I don't know, but um, pretty wild, pretty wild that he's uh, he's down the stage. Now, I know I guess what they, they, they reported that they tried offering Dustin that fight. Dustin said no, that Dustin wanted to show the same respect to Tony that Tony showed to him not going for another fight because they're almost in this weird uh, unity of, uh, of, you know, so. And Tony Ferguson's apparently not going to be on the card now. They're going dark on him. Look, UFC's not playing with this negotiation thing. They are going to the spot where they're not playing ball with anybody. It's kind of like take it or leave it unless you like really get them over the table like Masvidal did with, uh, with Usman. You know, they're probably going to leave the fights that we want to see on, on the back burner. So I don't know. Um, but uh, but having Michael, either way, having Michael Chandler in the lightweight division is really, really cool. So I'm happy that they signed him, and I think it's going to be really awesome for the promotion. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We will talk to you guys same time, same place next week. Give us a show, download the podcast, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, 6 a.m., 6 to 10 a.m. We'll have full reaction to a crazy sports weekend. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.